walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle, also known as the hardest part of the ring. How's everybody doing? <laughs> How's everybody doing today? Hope everybody, hope, hope, hope everybody is doing well. Hope everybody had a good old weekend, a nice little Father's Day. Uh, had myself a nice cat Father's Day myself. Uh, did a little golfing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 30 now. That's what I do, I guess. <laughs> Still some any golfers listen to me, by the way. I am sore as cock and balls after doing that. My legs, my forearms. I mean, it's like I um, feel, feel like that episode of Family Guy where Quagmire discovers porn and he has like the big right arm. Like, but that's like both of my arms. It's not because I'm, well, I'm watching porn. It's because I was golfing for the first time ever. Um, I mean, I did. Yeah, it was a good old time. And uh, we're here now. To talk some WWE No Way Out 2003. What a uh, what a weirdly stacked show this is. Just kind of a random, well, not random. We're on the road to WrestleMania. It's actually a very pivotal show. Uh, very, very in in the grand scheme of things. Because uh, if you've been if you've been listening slash watching the Apron Bump, you know that I've covered this era from. Royal Rumble 2001, up until this point, every single pay-per-view throughout the end of the Attitude Era into the Ruthless Aggression Era. By the way, if you would like to go back and listen and l- come along this journey with me, you can do that very easily. You can go to apronbump.com. You can go to the Episodes tab at the top, and you could select you could select Attitude Era. You could select Ruthless Aggression Era, and that'll bring you to all of those pay-per-views in chronological order that I've covered, which has been all of them. And um, it's been a good old time. It's been very nostalgic. Uh, with the exception of 2002, which I did not watch live as it was happening. Um, but now we're getting back to the point where now, this is like around the time when I got back into wrestling. Um, I remember some parts of this pay-per-view, but not not all, not all the details for sure. So it was fun going back and... Uh, and watching this show because, like I said, man, look, Stone Cold Steve Austin returns after a, uh, what, a nine-month hiatus from the WWE. We got The Rock returning ever since 
I mean, he hasn't been seen in a wrestling ring since SummerSlam. So he's back. And who is he facing? Well, none other than Hulk Hogan. That's right. We get Rock and Hogan 2. Probably a lot of people that don't even know this match exists because, of course, their first meeting is, is a legendary match. A lot of people put that on number one and on their all-time list just for atmosphere alone. This is a very different dynamic, and we'll get into it, but it's very interesting to see Rock and Hogan in their rematch. It's very, very interesting to see Stone Cold return and face off against Eric Bischoff. And it's just this show... In the, in the context of the time, it, it's very clear. We, we talked about this in the podcast. It's very clear that the star power has been missing in the previous year. In the, in the later half of 02, when all those guys left, you know, you have the brand split. You have different things. They're trying new stars. They're trying start, stop in a lot of ways. But, man, you, you hear that glass break and everything just goes back to 1998, 1999, 2000. It's just, it. I mean, me watching this in 2023, I felt the goosebumps when Stone Cold came out. And just a great old time. Lots of fun this show. And other great stuff in the undercard, too. You got Kurt and Brock involved in a six-man tag team match. We got the tag team titles are on the line. We got a cruiserweight. We got Matt Hardy version one making his debut in the cruiserweight division. Just a pretty real, that's a really good show from start to finish, but it's not without its, uh, it's not without its speed bumps. That's for sure. But once again, we will, we will get into that, of course. But before we do that, I want to give a shout out to my very special guest on this episode, Matt from the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, returning to the show. Always a good old time with my boy, Matthew. Go check out the Shining Wizards wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, they go live on YouTube, Twitch, and all that stuff every Monday at 7 Eastern. So go check them out. They talk all sorts of wrestling. They do. They talk about the major stuff that's happening in the current landscape. They do some retro reviews as well. They do some more topical stuff like what ifs and top five lists. And they do different games and stuff. It's one of the most entertaining podcasts out there for wrestling. So if you're not watching, you're not listening to them, what in the heck, what in the gosh darn heck are you doing? I suggest you go do that right now. Well, not right now. Listen to this first. Um, but then go. But then go. Go check them out. Good boys over there at the Shining Wizards. Um, all the info in the description below. And with that, I think now is about time we uh, hop over to Montreal in 2003 to talk about a... Big old show leading into one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. WWE, No Way Out, 2003, with myself and Matt from the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Can you still taste me? Like a, like a hot grilled cheese sandwich. Really? That's what you think I would taste like? Uh, no, I just finished talking to my wife. Uh... And I was like, hey, are you going to eat this cold pizza that's in the refrigerator for dinner so I don't have to cook? And she said, well, what would you eat? And I said, I could make a grilled cheese. Man, the hijinks in that house just never ends, does it? Never. It's like a fucking circus <laughs> over here. Were you, was it you that eats cold egg rolls? Yes. Okay. See, I, so I support that. Uh, the other wizards were giving you shit about it, if I remember correctly. And I'm a big fan of a cold egg roll myself. 
I'll tell you, they give me shit about everything, Kyle. I wear socks in the house. I get shit about that. That's a little weird. That's that's where you lose me a little bit. Um, but I'm not here to judge. Why? What is, what's your beef with socks in the house? I mean, if you don't look, if you don't want your feet to be dirty, that's like, it's fine. Get some slippers. Get some house shoes. I like Make them so- little. I like my socks. No, socks, they're so constricting. Your toes can't move. They're suffocating. Dude, what kind of socks are you wearing? Really fucking tight socks. My toes are fine. I'm wiggling my feet right now. Prove it. Oh, man. Well, don't I have an egg on my face? Uh, Cold egg roll on your face. Oh, we're having fun. All right. Are we, though? Are we? No. Well, we're about to with some some, uh, ruthless aggression action we're about to talk about. Did you you get a chance to check out No Way Out 2003? Do you ever ask that to somebody and they're like, nope, I didn't watch it? Uh, Once. Once that happened. That kind of defeats the purpose of the whole, like, the whole concept, no? That's what I said. But uh, I don't think I said it out loud. But, you know. That's the thing. I also like to make sure that somebody like like maybe you, you accidentally watched 04 or something. I, I just want to confirm that we're talking about the same show before we kind of learn going on. You know what I mean? You said 03. I watched 03. Bischoff, Austin, brother. Okay. Just make it sure. Make it sure you're not a goose. No goose is here. So we're, we're, we're down. Okay. We're good. That's right. The gander uh, is... I don't fucking know. <laughs> two, two birds in the bush and... Uh, I love Bush. So, uh, yeah, what do you think about the show, man? Just overall, you, you said you've never seen the show before, right? No, I stopped watching wrestling like right after um, WCW was bought out by WWF. Mm. Uh, I was probably around for maybe like a couple more months. And then, you know, I found vaginas and I was like, see ya. Mm, that's where you found them. Yeah, not at wrestling shows. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're there. There's just, you know. They're, they're it's like the it's like uh you know it ain't it ain't the best ride but there's no lines right yeah speaking of which actually so i went to wrestlemania this past year and boy howdy the lines for the bathrooms there's something to see because the guy's line of course is wrapped around the entire arena and there's nobody in the, the girl's bathroom right it was uh just tumbleweeds in there did you did you did you identify as a lady so you could use the ladies room is that how that works? You just kind of say, hey, I'm a, I'm a lady, and then barge in there? I don't know, but if I had to piss really bad, I'd try it. I'd probably have a couple Jack and Cokes in me, too. And I'd be right. Like, I'm a lady. Let me use the pisser. That would actually probably go really well. They'd probably respect that. Well, you know what? I don't think you can say no. Ooh, chess. playing chess. See, I'm over here playing checkers. I just want to take I think a you just check my I don't want to stand a fucking line. Yeah, you yell that at them. I think they'll let you through. No, but this so I stopped watching wrestling and then I went like I probably didn't really like watch wrestling regularly for like 10 years. So there's a lot of stuff mm. from like 01 to 2011 that I'm uh, sporadically I watch and and obviously I I do my homework and I try and get up on to date with everything, but I haven't watched everything. So this was fun for me cuz I'd never seen this show. Right. Yeah, this is like a like a sneaky good show because nobody really nobody really throws out the year 2003 when they bring up like really good years in wrestling. 
And I feel like there's a lot of fun stuff that happens this year. There's a lot of bad stuff, too. But there's a lot of just stupid, silly shit. But this show in particular was pretty heavy on the star power, especially because, I mean, O2 was kind of like there was some good stuff in there. Sean and Triple H and the rise of Brock Lesnar and stuff like that. But like for the most part, with Austin leaving, The Rock going to Hollywood, you have Hogan's in and out, Takers kind of whatever. But O2 was kind of a, a rough year. But 2000, like this show in particular, because I've been watching all this stuff before this. So this really, it's it stuck out to me how much star power was on this show because of how much I had been lacking in the previous months. Did you get the, any like semblance of that watch? I know you kind of watch this in a vacuum, but did you get that that sense watching this? A little bit because you you know they 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 go and they tell you the story like the Hogan Rock rematch is from WrestleMania 18. So they're yeah. like, I go back and I'm like, oh well, what's leading up to this? And I know, I know I've watched the 03 Royal Rumble because at some point I was like, what Scott Steiner's in the fucking WWF? Uh huh. Like, all right, I guess I'll watch this. So I've I've seen the 03 Rumble before, so I kind of have an idea of where we are. 02 was what's that Dutch boy Shawn Michaels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couple I've months, couple months before this. Yeah, yeah, that's depressing. Now, uh, r- remind me, you're a big fan of Shawn Michaels, right? Nope. Oh, I fucking shit. hate him. I think he's a giant piece of shit. I thought it was ironic that uh, this was the first show back in Montreal, and uh, I think there's a reason why he wasn't actually <laughs> wrestling, and he only had a run in because they would have uh-huh. fucking burned the whole city down. That fucking one-eyed piece of shit. Well, he has both eyes. No, he doesn't. They're forming into one. He is becoming a Cyclops. Right. I forgot. I forgot. How do you forget? Have you seen him on fucking NXT? Holy shit. Well, they, look, they just work independently. You know, they're, they're, they're both there. There's just two different crews working each one. Yeah. It's like the Spice Girls song Two become one. Right. Left eye. Well, that's not Spice Girls. That's um, TLC. TLC, but they're. Kind of the same, right? She was our, uh, when I worked at Applebee's, she was our fiery death of the week when she, uh, <laughs> what? She fiery die? death of the week? Yeah. She died in a plane crash, maybe? Right. I'm familiar, but it was just like a weekly thing. Oh, yeah. Because it happened Apple, like Applebee's? a week after Aaliyah died. Did it really? Yeah, a couple weeks, maybe. My timeline could be way off. It was I a mean, <laughs> Applebee's. Applebee's was a long time ago. Right. It all goes down at Applebee's. Oh, um, do you know what? You don't like Applebee's? I worked at Applebee's for a while. It was the worst. When I say a while, oh. I mean a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I like their uh I like how they call their appetizers anytizers because you that can is, kind of get I, them. I uh is that, is that is that after you? Oh, way after me. Way way <laughs> way after me. It's like uh I worked there for so long and then you can't go back after a while. Right. Right. Uh, but speaking of going back, Benny Tizers, what a bunch of fucking. <laughs> well, you see, if you want like mozzarella, stick, maybe you want like a steak, but then you want some mozzi sticks afterwards. After? Like, that's fair game. That's fair game. Maybe you still have a little room in the tummy. You're like, throw some uh, potato skins at me. Would you, know? you do that first? In, a, in any other restaurant, of course. But at Applebee's, they, they have fun there. That's what I hear, at least. Do they? Maybe not. Maybe not when you were there. I think. Oh no! I there. I have some Applebee stories. There's. It was a wild time. Wow. Well, that's that could be its own podcast, really, uh, by itself. Weekly, weekly, Applebee stories with Matt. 
but um it would run its course real fast <laughs> you'd have one listener it'd, it'd be you so i wouldn't listen we to got uh, <laughs> so like you said they're in montreal and i thought i think it's interesting because they were just in montreal this past february which it's no longer no way out but elimination chamber pretty much took its spot so I, i'm pretty sure that's the first time 20 years later that they went back to montreal i could be for like a pay-per-view at least um I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong on that. But um, 20 years ago, this happened. And you turn on this show. Wait, tw- 20 years. Oh, yeah, this today. Holy shit. I thought you were talking about like 1983. Holy shit. <laughs> no, 20 years ago was 2003, sir. I've, I've already done one podcast today. Uh, this is going to be a wreck. <laughs> I can't I wait for Shining Wizards tonight. tonight. Forget it. It's a fucking disaster. There we go. No, we're gonna we're gonna fluff you up. We're gonna get you nice and hard oh, for your podcast tonight. I appreciate that. Speaking of hard, how hard does your cock get when you hear Evanescence as the theme song for this show? What a time. Uh, I actually feel like I had this conversation with my wife the other day about this song, and I was like, that song's like fucking 20 years old. She's like, no way. <laughs> yeah, and we looked it up crazy. and then it's fucking here and i'm like oh god do i have to hear this fucking song the whole time wake I'm- me up it's good right yeah, you don't yeah, like it yeah, no well it was stuck on my head the rest of the day i mean it's been in the background of my head since i watched this show a few weeks ago so um weeks? how but- do you remember all this kyle i don't we're just going off my notes oh okay but, hey uh, i like that oh yeah so there's no JR here, at least not yet. And uh, the commentary team is Jerry the King Lawler and Coachman, did he Jonathan his, Coachman. Did he fall on his fucking face again? <laughs> I'm Jim Ross. We're here to cause a collision. Why did he even show up? Like, come on. Like, Jim, relax. Take a take a fiver, as you would say, right? It's got uh, to show up. Someone will take your spot. Good point. Like Coach did here, that slimy piece of shit. I do uh, not like the, the 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 dual brands, dual announcers. Really, I kind of like it. It gives each each brand its own identity, makes them feel different. I didn't like it, and I don't like Coach. He's he's just having fun out there. I mean, Coach is only there because Jr. got a cinder block kicked through his fucking face uh, the previous week on Monday Night Raw. Uh, but only put him out for, I mean, he, he does appear later in the show, so you can't keep Jim Ross down. No, so. of course, no, of course not. Come on. <laughs> you fucking out of here. Only mind. sell it so much. So it's, if it's not, uh, it's not Steve Austin matches. It's Natty Nightheart sisters, Instagram. He's getting over all the time. Mm. Do you follow her page or, uh, only fans? No, I am not subscribed to any only fans. You don't want to see her big old stupid tits and her stupid sister. I mean, I could just Google big old stupid tits and look at the image. Yeah, you have it, have it bookmarked, I'm sure. No, I don't have it bookmarked. You get clear of the history. You never know. Yeah, rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. For you or me? For both of us. What are those lights behind you? Are those just like regular lights? They're uh, string lights, LED lights. I like they it. They set the mood a little bit. Yeah, I like it. It's nice. You fucking right. hate this with me, don't you? <laughs> Well, see, you, you like candles, don't you? Uh, sometimes. Yeah. The uh, yeah. the the podcasting room also shares a room. So 
when we bought the house, this was supposed to be the spare bedroom, and I mm-hmm. unceremoniously made it the action figure podcast room. And one you don't of say. That, yeah, it was not. <laughs> hey, I put together all these detolfs. Where'd you put them? In the other room. Yeah. So uh, Big detolf guy. Yeah, well, how about they're full of figures? Well, not on Juneteenth, sir. Figures. Uh, figures. Oh, so I have sorry. to share. I share a room with the cat, the litter box, the cat's litter box. Oh, how's that? It's fine. I'm responsible for cleaning it. So, right. Fine. But, you know, sometimes I want to light a candle. And your cat, does your cat ever fuck with the candles? I have two cats and I'm petrified that they're going to get their stupid tails stuck in it and set the whole house on fire. No. So uh, the candles are like kind of out of the way where they can't go. But when I was Mm -hmm. a youth, we had a cat and it walked right across the table and set its tail on fire in the middle of the dining room while we were all there. And then what happened? What did you do? We put it out. Well, how did you, did you grab it by the neck and slam no, it, it the wall? No, it was just fucking standing there, like, hanging out, like, meow, meow, and his fucking fur was on fire. And you just, just clap, clapped it. Put it out, you clapped yeah. your cat's cheeks to just set out the fire. You panic, and you just clap his tail until the fucking fire went out. Man, you're better than me. I would have just, like I said, just hulked, hulked it against the wall, put it out. No. Wouldn't have ended well for anybody. Yeah, so I do, sometimes I do the candles. Right. Well, see, this is my candles. This, oh. this is how I set the mood, get it, make a little sexy kind of atmosphere I like uh, for the wrestling. I like a Christmas, so it's usually they're like Christmas scented candles, like a pine. Ooh, top, top, top three favorite scents go. Oh, man. Vanilla, pine, mm. maybe some kind of it's like ocean breeze. Hello. Come on now. Come on. Now. Well, speaking <laughs> Of coming, we got Chris Jericho and Jeff Hardy in this next match. Uh, two current AEW wrestlers, oh, which yeah. is fun. Uh, and the the man that brings these two together, if you're asking, is your boy Shawn Michaels, because uh, Shawn and Jericho are in the midst of their feud that culminates at WrestleMania. They've already started building building to that, like at the Rumble time, and. Jeff Hardy had a brief heel turn like a few weeks before this that literally lasted like two weeks and then it sucked and they're like, ah, nah, you're babyface. Continue to flip off of things. Uh, but Sean and Jeff are kind of friends and they were bickering, but now they're friends. And then Jericho and Sean are feuding. So now Jericho and Jeff Hardy, I guess, are in a match. Because like you said, if Sean was in the match, he would be booed out of the building. Um, but that being said, I thought this match was very fun. I had a good time watching this Two uh, two young boys going out there. It was pretty, uh, pretty high energy. This match, some good near falls. What what, did you think of this little, uh, this little contest here? I thought for an opening match, like to start a pay-per-view, like this was a great shit. Great, great matchup. Um, Uh the story was there. They told it on commentary with Shawn Michaels and the action was nonstop, man. Uh, it's, it's crazy to think that, that this is 20 years ago and these guys are still, you know, I mean, one better than the other, but still, <laughs> they're still it's, out there, man. Yeah, like I watch like Jeff Hardy now, and he's like still doing fucking sentons on like three people, and I'm like, no wonder why you have a fucking drug addiction and alcohol problem. So you're in pain yeah. all the fucking time. Stop. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's like just recently gotten to that point where it's become <laughs> sad to watch, which is incredible. Like, he, I feel like he never he didn't really get that many injuries in his career, I feel like. And it's amazing the style that he wrestled in, including this match. Um, Swanton's all over the place. A lot, a lot of good near falls in this match, which uh, was pretty hype for this opener. Um, I should also mention. So Jeff comes out that Ring of Honor show that we covered ah. a few months ago, I guess, at this point. This was like a few months before this. So it's like in a similar timeline. So in like three or four months, Jeff is getting booed out of the fucking Murphy rec center or whatever the hell it was. So booed is being kind. They, they could have just, murdered his firstborn in front of him and that out. <laughs> show they would have. Holy fuck, dude. Uh, yeah. Well, I thought they, a lot of creative counters. Um, and I like the finish. Um, yeah. Where it's very, um, the, the, the hurricane Rana power bomb. Like it's, it's creative. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not what I was expecting to be the finish, but it definitely, uh, was definitely a credible one. Cause like you said, Jeff or Chris Jericho goes to the top rope. Jeff cuts him off. Um, goes to superplex him. I get, or goes to hurricane Rana him off the top. Jericho counters into a power bomb off the top, off the second rope, and then right into the walls of Jericho. Jeff tries to get to the ropes, but Jericho pulls him back, has to tap out. So Jericho wins this, and um, but he doesn't break the walls of Jericho. That fucking uh, goateed asshole, Chris Jericho. Do you feel like but, that was that that should be cause for a reversal of the decision? I feel like that's happened in the past, so it seems reasonable to me, because otherwise uh, we just have people willy-nilly leaving on submissions. Right. Doesn't seem reasonable to to me. uh, There's consequences for your actions, sir. But then again, Eric Bischoff, who is in charge of Raw, is a little bit preoccupied sparring with uh, Val Venus backstage, so maybe he wasn't really in a position to make that call, I guess. But um, I, I would assume that would come from him. But I don't know. No, that's I, the, the, I think the officials have to use their discretion. Oh, well, who was the official in this match? You know? You don't have that noted down? I don't. Do you? You don't have the facts for me? No, I don't. No, I just know that's when cool. Earl Hebner was in the ring, and I can tell you when that happened. Right. <laughs> or Sylvain Grenier, perhaps. But uh, We'll get there. Well, I thought that was a little clever. tease. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, so whatever. Dickhead won't let go of the, the move, and then other dickhead has to show up. And then the other dickhead has to show up. (laughs) Well, you mean Christian, the other dickhead? Yeah, man. The other Canadian. He fucking drooled all over himself Saturday night in collision, yelling and screaming like an idiot. (laughs) Well, he was excited. He he became the champion. All right. Can you not drool all over yourself on national TV? We could tell me you never drool when you get excited. I don't fucking 600 plus episodes of the podcast. I don't think I've ever drooled on myself once. And I've been pretty animated on some of those. episodes. We're going to get the fact checkers on that because I have a hard time believing that. Um, but like how much uh, saliva do you have to produce to drool on yourself? I mean, some people have acid reflux, which builds more saliva in your mouth than a typical person. This I, I have a I have a pretty wet mouth myself. It's a touchy subject for you. Can you hear that? Can you hear all that in there? I got it. It's just a whole puddle in there. Yeah, but you like, you know, you've drooled on yourself yelling about like a sports game or wrestling or just yelling. I mean, I've definitely like accidentally spit in people's face while yelling at them for sure. 
That's not drooling. That's spitting. There's a difference. I, I just like feel it coming out now. Now you're talking about it. Nice. We'll screen cap it. Use it as the, <laughs> uh, the, the the selling point for this episode. Don't even mention the wrestling. Just a big drooly face. The girls do it all the time on the OnlyFans. With right. Their, with their cooters. Just and just just the, <laughs> the wet logo coming out. It's like blocking their lady bits, but there's like a wet emoji. Uh-huh. It's like sign up for Ellie fans and you can see what I had for lunch yesterday. Okay. <laughs> they come into their cooter. Well, I mean, if, the, if it's open wide enough, you can see. <laughs> All right. Well, we got uh, Sean Michaels out there and his khaki pants to make the save. An asshole. Hey. Well, he's, he's look, Jericho's has this Jericho and Christian are teaming up on Jeff Hardy. Jeff didn't deserve this. So Sean, the hero is here to make the save. And uh, like I'm watching this and we're in Canada. It doesn't seem like like I would have imagined Jericho and Christian would have gotten more cheers and Sean would have gotten more booze. I'm wondering if there's a little little smoothing of the audio afterwards, but I don't know. But no, it, 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 it would never. You know what? That's actually a good point. They would never that organic is their motto at the World Wrestling Entertainment. So I mean, in 2002, are you over if you're a Canadian, are you overly proud of Chris Jericho or Christian? I mean, 2002, 2023, what's the difference? I mean, what happens in Canada? You know, what's happened in the past 20 years that would change that? <sighs> I don't know. That's a great question. They seem, you know, we'll find out, I guess, I guess, I guess next time AEW's in Canada. We'll find mm. out. We shall. We will. We and shall. If they get a, like an excited reaction, then we know that the Canadians are for real. But here, no, no. Well, speaking of Canadians, I'll tell you who does not like Canadians. And that's Kurt Angle and Team Angle who are backstage. So uh, Team Angle, relatively newly uh, developed group. Are you familiar with Team Angle, by the way? Oh. Kurt Angle, Charlie Haas, Shelton Benjamin? Yeah. Definitely. Charlie Haas. Great A piece of shit. Love it. <laughs> Is he a piece of shit? I blew, fucking said he would do the show. Blew me off. Ghosted me. So oh. I book he's he's on the list. I got a list. All right. Here. That's fair enough. Okay. <laughs> well, that, you know, this is before that. I would yes. assume. Yes. I was I've been doing the podcast a long time. But. I give you a fun. You want to hear a fun fact, Kyle? I would love to. I would. I used to watch Charlie and his deceased brother, Russ. Uh, wrestle quite often here in New Jersey. Uh, Seton Hall is very close to to where I grew up. So, uh, oh yeah, we're big big fans of them on the independent scene. I like it. I like it. So you you you're very invested in the Haas dynasty. That's what you're telling me. <sighs> not very. I am. I'd say invested, but not very. Like instead of like a hundred dollars, maybe put like ten on it. Hmm. What about uh? What about Haas avocados? Big is that a thing, or did I just make that up? No, I think that's Hold a thing. On. I like a nice avocado. Oh, let me let me make sure I'm not talking out of my my anal here. You got to make sure they're nice and ripe, though. You got to rub them like this. Love a yeah, Haas avocado. Wait, how do you rub? Is that an avocado? This no, this is a koozie, and it's oh. it's, a, it's a bloody Shawn Michaels. And it says <laughs> if the if the drinks don't kill you, the Marines will. And it says, <laughs> welcome to Syracuse. That's fucking hilarious. Talk shit, get hit. Cheap shot party. Cheap plug. Man, those those 20 Marines, man. They just sodomized Shawn Michaels and went on their way. It happens. It does. It tends to happen in Syracuse. Oh, but no. uh, 
And that, that's just the evolution of time. But speaking of evolution, we got evolution here arriving in their limousine, I believe it was. Newly formed evolution just a couple weeks before this. Old Trips, Flair, Batista, and Randy Orton. And their, their leather jackets and whatnot. Uh, and they show S Steve Austin's truck in the background. Very ominous, even though he was uh, advertised for the show. But after that... We got a world tag team title match. The champions, Lance Storm and William Regal, defending against the team of Rob Van Dam and Kane. Very, uh, I thought this was a very solid tag team match. It's nothing that really blew my cock out of the water, but like, I thought it was pretty good for what it was. What do you think about it? Eh, it was there. I, I wasn't uh, the biggest fan of it. I don't quite understand the Kane RVD pairing. Right. I forget. Um, how they came together, but it's definitely like an odd couple, like the, you know, the typical thing they do, but I thought it worked for I mean, the big, big guy, smaller athletic guy. I feel like that pairing generally works. Yeah. It's just like the evolution of Kane. Like he's a monster and he space makes that thing. And then like, right. he was burned to death in a fire and that's why he wears the mask and he's evil, but now he's good. And eventually he, you know, I, I know how this feud ends. When he has to take his mask off and then he's just fucking Glenn mm -hmm. Jacobs with some shitty makeup on. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure he almost killed Steven Regal with a body slam in this match. Yes, I was going to bring that up because yeah, Regal gets legitimately knocked out for like a few seconds with <laughs> with a body slam of all things. It didn't look, I mean, particularly gruesome, but I guess he just hit his head the wrong way. Because I remember seeing this clip a long time ago. And I forgot that it was on the show that it happened. But yeah, Regal gets knocked out. But the way they responded, I thought was perfect because Lance Storm like notices immediately. And so Kane like slams him, knocks him out. And obviously Regal's not going to kick out. So Lance Storm gets in and breaks up the pin and then pulls Regal over and tags him in. So the way they like improvised around that, I thought was was really well done. And then Regal, I guess, shook it off. I feel like nowadays they wouldn't let him continue, but he just shook it off and kept going. Yeah, man. Sign of the times. This These days they throw that. They, they would have stopped that match. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was that was my main takeaway here. But yeah, towards the end, because he brought up Kane's unmasking and they kind of, I guess, are like kind of building to that here because the finish comes when uh, Kane has Lance on his shoulder or whatever. And Lance shifts the mask on his face so that Kane can't see. And then Lance pushes RVD into Kane. Kane doesn't know who this is, but oh, it's a person touching me, so I better choke slam him, said Glenn. And uh, he choke slams RVD. They get rid of Kane. Regal pins RVD, and then they get the win. Retain their tag titles. And yeah, I guess it's just playing into his eventual unmasking, how it's kind of hindering him. As of right now, Kane's very humanized at this point, but when he becomes unmasked, like that, like the first couple months after his unmasking is probably my favorite version of Kane, maybe other than like the original. But that, that those first few months were really, really entertaining stuff. I mean, uh, have to check it out. Have you never seen? I mean, I guess you weren't watching at this time. I don't know how much you've gone back and watched, but I mean, he, he sets Jr. on fire. Oh, my he, God. Yeah. Son of yeah. A what a what a fucking payday for Steven Regal gets knocked out, misses most <laughs> of the match, then gets the pinfall. Right. What a pro. Fucking take that purse home, buddy. Those those British really know how to do things, don't they? 
I did for for what the finish was though. I thought it was pretty creative. Yeah, like hindsight being, you know where this ends up with him having to unmask. Like it kind of tells, it kind of fits the story. So I I didn't mind the finish, and Lance Storm looked great during the whole match. Yeah, I, I loved how it started out with Storm and RVD because of all their ECW history and. I feel like RVD had like really good chemistry with all of these guys in this match. He probably stuck out to me more than anybody because even him and Regal like Regal the way he like just throws RVD and RVD just like gumbies himself when he like gets folded up. And no, I thought I thought I thought it was pretty good. Um, but after that, oh, we got a cruiserweight title match on our hands here. We got the champion Billy Kidman versus Matt Hardy version one. And so the whole thing here, so Matt Hardy, newly a cruiserweight, I guess he just, he had to, he had to make weight and he made it by like a pound or whatever. And my question, well, it's not a question. It's more of just a, a statement. There's no way in hell Billy Kidman weighs less than Matt Hardy here. Agree or disagree. Billy Kidman's a pretty beefy boy. <sighs> I'd have to, I'd have to go back and look at the tape. And then I did side by side comparisons. Right. Admire the girth. Did they, uh, you wouldn't happen to have the, uh, I know what was the two sixteen? What was, what do you have to be under? It was, I think it was either two twenty or two twenty five. He just did Matt Hardy just made it. So you think Billy Kidman was, was heavier or maybe in the same weight range? Oh, I mean, I know now he's heavier, but at this point I would say, I mean, you would at least have to weigh, weigh in. I feel like, Billy Kidman at this they point. They should have had a weigh-in. That's what I'm saying, but it was only Matt that had the weigh-in, which I think is a bit unfair. I mean, I guess if Kidman's already the cruiserweight champion, it's implied that he is of weight. So what, you just win the cruiserweight title, and then from then on, you can just pack on the pounds? Yeah, I mean, champion's advantage. I don't know. I don't write the fuck. Is that what it is? Maybe. <laughs> you're champion for two years, you end up 300 pounds, and you're... I mean, I guess if you hold yeah, on to the Yeah, what are you going to do with all that money? You win, you get the money, what are you going to do with it? Right. It's 2003. Are people still getting hookers and blow? Are they drinking and driving? Probably not. So you just go down to the buffet. You know, you load up at the Sizzler. And uh-huh. you just eat your weight and eat as much as you can. That's a really good point. I never really thought of it that way. But in 2003, yeah, there really wasn't anything else to spend money on other than buffets. Right. So. And the video game that- era of, of wrestlers hadn't really started yet. No, I think they were uh, they were probably playing their uh, P. I think PS2 was out, maybe. But it wasn't like or Xbox like, was. You know, it wasn't like uh, you know there was an article in WWF magazine like when when A Train isn't busy running through dudes, he likes to sit down and play a game of fucking Crash Bandicoot. Like <laughs> there wasn't like a thing like that. Like like now, like AJ when AJ Styles wants to relax on the road, he brings his yeah. suitcase full of video games. Yeah, I mean, they, they would have to bring their tube TVs and plop it in the locker room. That's a whole thing. Ah, it's what a pain in the ass. Hey, let me ask you a question, because I don't know what's going on here. Why are Matt and Jeff angry at each other? Because they get that little, they interact before this match. And Jeff smacks them in the face. Well, it's because, because Jeff uh, doesn't subscribe to Mattitude. Um, the, the, I guess the, uh, not religion, but, you know, it's just a, it's, it's a mindset that Matt Hardy is. A way of life. Yes, I like that. I like that too. I got attitude, baby. How much attitude do you got, Matt? Oh, because your name's Matt. Wait, More that's fun. Than you could handle, fella. Oh man. Okay, uh, 
is this let me ask you this is this is is um this time frame is uh edge banging lita has that happened already or is it gonna happen to my knowledge no but i mean who knows okay so we haven't gotten to that point yet where matt gets fired Mm -hmm. and then he comes he calls the live wire and he comes back and they don't do anything with it no that's is that oh four i think it's oh four maybe oh five I don't know. We're still, we're at least a year away from that. Okay. Right. Oh, God. Duh. Cause Matt's, I think what's it, Matt gets hurt and then he's off the road. Right. And that's when edge. Right. With that yeah. Canadian hammer. Right. This doesn't strike me as a guy with a hammer though. It's tall, lanky. Although those guys tend to be ones that are, uh, that are hanging. So yeah. who am I to say? So yeah. He's got the glamas on now. How do you think, she, you know, he got her. <laughs> she has snake, a hammer. Bro. Um, you think so. But, no, I'm just, we're just joshing. We're just tomfoolery. And can I be honest with you? I didn't really give a shit about this match. So the match was kind of whatever, for sure. Cruiserweight title matches, a lot of times are really good. This one, I mean, it was fine, you know, but it, like I said, it's not one that I would recommend. Not one that you would have to absolutely go back and watch. Uh, I mean, my main takeaways, honestly, from this match was Taz on commentary, oh, who was on fire. I can't believe you've been saying Yambag for fucking 20 years. Yambag across the back from Matt Hardy. It was, uh, and he's, he's, Taz was talking about nut butter at some point. Yes, it was really weird. He said that like Matt rubs it on his body for the sweat. I don't know, I don't know what, what Taz was doing. <laughs> I don't know, maybe he didn't care about this match either and he was just popping himself. Maybe he's trying to Bobby Heenan, Bobby Heenan, fucking 1997 WCW style. What happened with Bobby Heenan? You know, like towards the later end of WCW. Oh, when he didn't care. And he would like get drunk and then to go on the air. Oh, I didn't know he got drunk. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of like late 97, 98 Heenan where he's, you know, you could tell he's had a couple couple drinks on Nitro and he just doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) Can't blame him. Can't blame him. No, you can't blame him at all. Hey, you a big fan of banana juice? Like the actual like Andrew Dice Clay banana juice or like, is there such a thing as banana juice? Oh, Taz seems to suggest that Matt Hardy made weight uh, by drinking a lot of banana juice. So apparently he's implying that he ate, drank, cum, a lot of cum. Well, kind of because... He says that Shannon Moore, the MFer uh, to Matt Hardy, he says that Shannon Moore is addicted to BJ. <laughs> Banana juice. No, I know it. I just. I was pausing for laughter. This whole match was <laughs> nothing for me. And Taz is trying to make like. Do you think like we've heard all the stories, right? Where like. These guys are overly produced by Vince McMahon. There's no shot. Vince McMahon is feeding Taz these lines, is he? No. Well, ah, tell him it's banana juice. <laughs> I, I'm not going to rule it out completely. Say, say he rubs him, rubs him down with nut butter. <laughs> you know, when you put it like that, when I hear the voice saying it, it definitely it was Vince McMahon for sure. You think so? He's just fucking cackling like a fucking asshole. <laughs> it's like, come, it sounds like blowjob. Don't you get it? <laughs> Finger me. <laughs> so 
we got uh, Billy Kidman throws out the shooting star press, misses, twist of fate, two count. So the way, you know, towards the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kicked in a little bit. Look, you can't, you got to realize when you're going up for that fucking shooting star press, if you miss it, you're fucked, bro. Well, that's why I call it high risk. I know, but, but Billy Kidman should have had a backup plan. Like, maybe you don't always go for the shooting star press. Well, you know what his back, backup plan was? Tori Wilson? <laughs> I think he had already uh, accomplished that plan at this point. If I... Uh... I could be wrong. I think you're right too, okay. but then he's not, he doesn't doesn't have her anymore. So I mean, mm. well, have you seen him recently? So <sighs> right, he looks like a guy that lost Tori Wilson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Billy, he he goes for the shooting star press one more time, but then that mf'er Shannon Moore interferes, and we get a twist of fate from the second rope. So another pretty creative finish. Yeah, I feel like one that he didn't really bust out that often. Uh, but that gives Matt Hardy version one of the win, and we got a new cruiser weight champion. Yeah, and they're very uh they're very much about wondering how he's gonna keep the weight off on commentary now, since it was such a such a slog for him to get the weight uh under control to begin with. I guess so. All, all that banana juice and nut butter, I think, accomplishes it though, right? I guess he's gonna be on a steady diet of that. Well, Edge is on a steady diet of broken fucking necks because he's found backstage on the floor. Somebody has attacked Adam Copeland. And uh, I believe this is the point where he goes in like in real life. He goes for surgery for I think it's his neck. Right. And uh, this is like ultimately what caused him to you know retire, quote unquote, about 10 years after this. But um, this is the way the right off edge here, because he was originally supposed to be on a six man tag later in the show. But uh, this is him getting written out of that match. But uh, yeah, who do you think attacked Edge? I'm going to say from the uh, from the earlier backstage segment with Team Angle. Mm. Perhaps a member of Team Angle. You think it was the opponents of Edge? Probably. I think yeah. so. I think so. That just makes too much sense to me. Well, but what couldn't have been Chris Benoit? He was way too old for him to attack him and kill him. I mean, uh, n- knock him out. He was way too old. Yes. Okay. You know, that's a thought. That's a thought. That was um, a bad joke. It bombed. <laughs> that was a bad one. Well, do you know better. who's bad. Do better, Matt. Do better. You know who's bad. This fucking next match. I'll tell you that right now. How dare you? I did not sir. like this at all. I thought this was outside. Well, of the last, the huh? last four minutes. It was um, it was, it was shenanigan heavy. It was yeah, it was so big show. What are your thoughts on big show? Just in general. I, I really don't. I don't. I don't get it. I don't like it. I think they bring. So we I know the giant from WCW and then he shows up in the WWF at St. Valentine's Day Massacre. He comes out from the ring. He rips the cage open, all that happy horse shit. Mm-hmm. Then like he's just like a dude. He's just there. He's losing. He's feuding with the boss man over his fucking dead dad. Like, yeah, the bl- is he's not saying so he, he should have been presented as like a he should have been used like a special attraction and he wasn't. So he just became another dude. Yeah. And at this no. point yeah. in 2003, I could give a shit less about him. I know what he just put. Heyman just turned on Lesnar at the Rumble, right? It was that Survivor Series. Okay. But yeah, it's still pretty recent. 
I don't know why you would go from Brock Lesnar to the Big Show, but well, he's bigger, and also Brock Lesnar. Brock Brock was starting to kind of ignore Paul Heyman. You know, he's getting a little big for his britches. So Paul's like, "Oh, I need to control somebody. Who can I control? This guy that's been a fucking jobber for a year, the Big Show." So, but then he becomes WWE champion, and it's the whole thing. But yeah, to your, I mean. The giant in WCW, I thought was pretty good from what I've seen. Yeah, I'm, I'm still in, you know, mid 96. So is he before what I've seen of the giant. Is he huh? throwing drop kicks? Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. He he's hopping over the top he's, rope. Yeah. He's um when he's presented as a monster, like you said, I mean, he has all the value in the world, but then it becomes, you know, it's the baby face heel thing. Like it's the running joke, you know, online that he switches <laughs> heel and face every week. But he did. And that's why nobody had time to hate him or to love him. So everybody just doesn't care about him. And he just feels like a, a, a guy, a regular guy that happens to be big. So, but he's here facing the undertaker. And uh, this, this, this feud kicked off. This was after, this is after no mercy, which is the hell in a cell match between undertaker and Brock Lesnar. The nights or the week after on SmackDown. Big Show attacked The Undertaker on the stage and threw him off the stage, Ugh. which is a good five, six foot drop onto uh, black material of some sort. So that put Undertaker out for a few months. And uh, now Undertaker's here to get his revenge. And in the weeks building building up to this. So this is the, the uh, I guess, infamous angle where Chris Canyon appeared out of the box and was singing Boy George or whatever the hell it was. And yeah. then Taker brutally assaulted him with the chair. So it's like a bunch of weeks. It's like, there's a different thing in the box every week. There's a puppy one week. There's brother love the next week. It's like, it's really dumb, but it leads to this. Well, the brother love thing makes sense. Right. Yeah. Because it's like big shows trying to get forgiveness from the undertaker, but uh, undertaker is not having any of it. So, and the brother love was his first manager. Of course. Of course. I love you. I love you. There's no love here. Oh, no. No love lost, right? What does that mean? I feel like people say that all the time. It doesn't really make sense. No love lost. No love lost. Wouldn't it be like all love lost? Because there's no well, love. If you didn't, it's just hate. But if you didn't like them to begin with, then there's no love. Oh, lost. I guess because of the fight. When you're fighting, you're not losing any love because you have no love. To get- We're learning. Yeah, we're learning. It's a apron bump. It's also uh, good for your brain. Brain exercises. Yeah, both brains. So we got this match happening, and to, yeah, I agree. It's there's one spot in this match where Big Show he he has the advantage. Whatever he throws six elbow drops in a row, just blow, 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 boosh, just over and over again. That's really like a representation of what this match is it's it's a lot of just big show just oh, lumbering bullshit but he i know he used a bear hug that was exciting love a good bear hug i love a good bear hug reminds me of bruno san martino and he's boring as shit was that his finish beats me i never saw when he put me to fucking sleep so <laughs> i feel like they didn't have finishes back then they kind of just punched each other until they felt like pinning the other guy is this, let me ask you, since you uh, kind of have a, a grasp on this era, when Taz starts screaming vintage Undertaker, is this the start of like that weird thing where anytime he does anything he did 10 years earlier, it's like vintage Undertaker? Yeah, 
I guess, because he's what? This is over 10 years, right? It was 1990 he debuted. So 13 yeah. years ago. It's crazy. He's like a veteran here and he still has almost 20 more years of wrestling to go. Jeez Louise. Yeah, he hits but, the flying uh, clothesline and he does old school and Taz is fucking screaming vintage Undertaker. But then I'm like, I'm like, he always did that. Like, even when he was like American badass Undertaker, I feel like he was always doing that shit. Yeah, I will say, though, the first like year or two of American badass, he was kind of plodding along, just kind of it wasn't that good. Like 2000, 2001, even a lot of 2002, it wasn't that great. But I feel like at this point, this is like big evil Undertaker's. He's he's a little more. He's starting to get into the MMA shit, right? Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. A little leaner, a little more uh, like he busts out a uh, a dive to the outside, which at this point, I don't think he's done that since like the 90s. <laughs> like, so it was very uh, surprising to see him busted out here. I and mean, eventually later in his career, he would do it like every match, it seemed like. But yeah, towards the end, gets a little better. We got a uh, old school, like you said, and Taker hits Big Show with a low blow and a DDT. And goes for a last ride like a dumbass. No way in hell he's getting him up. Nah, that's, a but, lot of meat. that's a lot of meat to be picking up. Yeah. Um, but I know what you're thinking. What am I thinking? You're like, well, this match is something. But one thing that would make it better is A-Train. Well, your wish is granted here because Big Albert, Prince Albert's here to uh, back up the big show. Well, first of all, you know, Taker has... Big show in the taking care of business dragon sleeper, as he calls uh, it. Didn't Michael Cole call it the taker care of business? Oh, is that what it's called? I don't know what it's called. Oh, pretty sure Michael (laughs) Cole said taker care of business. I fucking hope that's not what it's called. Ah, That is call it the taker (laughs) care of business. Do it now, Cole. Possibly, we'll uh, we'll re- we'll review the tape. Will you? Uh, no, I'm not watching this. I'm not watching one more second of this. We got we got Heyman's getting up there on the apron to stop the Taker care of business. We got A Train's in. This is when Taker throws up. He dives onto A Train, sends him packing. How does, uh, does A Train fit into this? What's his association with the Big Show and Uncle Paul? <sighs> that is a great question. So I think. Paul is kind of like trying to build a uh, posse of sorts because he's also aligned with Kurt Angle at this point and he has the big show. I guess a train's just the next next guy in that fold or whatever. Um, So uh, my question here is, well, first of all, you probably don't have the answer, but it's just to throw into the ether. Um, Well, because first first of all, this match ends when big show choke slams the undertaker but his pin gets countered into a triangle choke and the crowd doesn't respond at all. They don't know what the hell's happening. <laughs> Why is Big Show sucking Taker's cock right now? Uh, not not very uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu educated, this crowd in Montreal at this point. But uh, like you said, this is where Taker's trying to bust out the MMA influence kind of stuff, which I feel like never really took off. It's not really what people wanted to see from him. But... The triangle choke gets the win. Big show. I think he passes out, right? He doesn't, he doesn't tap out. Um, but then after the match, Taker goes out to grab a chair, comes in the ring to beat on show, but then a trains back in hits uh, the derailer. 
I thought he got him with the chair, but then he won for the chain. You might be right. Maybe, that's possibly. when that's when the A train hit him with whatever his move is. The derailleur. Who names these fucking things? He's a train. I get right? what he is. He's a douche. He's also <laughs> fucking print. What was he? Fucking Lord Tenzai, dancing dinosaur, uh-huh. dickhead, sweet tea, Prince Albert. Just fuck giant and Bernard. Just be a fuck. Just be a man, dude. Uh, this is these A train man. These the you better get off the tracks when A train's coming your way because he's oh. gonna he's gonna run you over or something. And this leads um, to the stupid the two two on one match at WrestleMania, right? Or no, the tag right. match with Nathan Jones. Well, yes, yeah, so that was that was gonna be my question. It almost seems like they're trying to build to an A train versus Undertaker match, like a one on one match. But I'm I'm wondering, like, did they lose faith? in a train at some point and we're like, ah, add big show and Nathan Jones to it. And then they take out Nathan Jones. Cause he's the big small headed steroid fuck. So uh, yeah, it's a whole weird thing, but do you, do you, did you get the sense that they're kind of trying to really build up a train here to face undertaker? Yeah. It seemed like that. I mean, we, we, we see the big show is the big show, right? But here's the a train. He's a bigger guy. True, true. It's WrestleMania season. Like, Let's maybe if we could put this guy up on a pedestal, he could be another heel for, you know, a champion to uh, vanquish post WrestleMania. Mm. That push. (laughs) Yeah, well, it is a weird period where it's like Brock Lesnar. Eventually he turns heel and then he aligns with the big show and a train and Matt Morgan comes in and Nathan Jones. And then they're a whole big just group of Godzillas and it's fucking awful actually but sounds awful you know what else is awful Stephanie McMahon well no karate man Eric Bischoff with his chief Morley aka Val Venus backstage so uh, later in the show we got Eric Bischoff versus Stone Cold Steve Austin so Eric Bischoff is backstage. He has his gi on. He's doing the karate stuff. He's getting all loosey goosey. And Val Venus is like, hey, Bish, you're the, you run the show. What kind of match are you and Steve Austin having later? And Bischoff's like, could be a street fight. So everybody can interfere. It might be a lumberjack match. So everybody's just, oh, who knows? We'll figure it out. And then Vince McMahon comes in. Says, no, <laughs> if anybody interferes, they'll be fired on the spot. And hey, Bish, there's no way out. Because, <laughs> yes, that's the name of the pay-per-view. He has to say it. There's no easy way out. No, no shortcut home. Nope. Nope. So, um, but more on that later. But before we get to that, we got a, uh, speaking of handicap matches, we got one on our hands here. We got the team of Brock Lesnar and Chris Benoit. And it was supposed to be Edge, yeah. but now it's not. So now it's just those two fellas. Why do you think they couldn't find a replacement? Who would you replace them with? I don't fucking know. There's, do, you, do I have to pull up the 2003 fucking roster? Yeah. Let's make Ferris fair, Kyle. Funaki? Um, who, who else is there? Whatever. A body's a body, bro. Um, John Cena's there, but he's, you know. He's still in his jeans face, I phase, I think. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just, you know, 
Team Angle, they're the heels. Let's uh let's let's give them the advantage, I suppose. So Brock and Benoit have to fight uphill. So it's whatever. But right, well, I want to see who's there during 2003 now. Because Please pull it up. Throw well, out some it's names. A Raw or SmackDown vehicle. SmackDown. Uh Rey Mysterio is he's a SmackDown guy. Chavo, Tiri, Bill DeMott. So y- 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 your premise is to throw Bill DeMont in here? What about B2? Yeah. Booyah! Eddie Guerrero? Well, him and him and Chavo are out uh, vandalizing and stealing people's cars at this point, I think. What about Kishi? Big Kish. Kishi? That, that actually would have worked because they were semi-pushing him at this point, so... Man, you might have just uh, you might have just cracked the code on me. I just pulled up the, the 2003 Rumble to see who was around. Yeah, no, Kishi could have been one, but uh, maybe that annoys me because before, before the match, Stephanie McMahon's like, "Oh, you got a match? Go out there!" Yeah, man, what a what what a ripe tomato Stephanie McMahon was at this period, right? Yeah, somebody on Twitter today was sharing like uh, like an article from a magazine back in the day where like everybody yeah. would write in. And every single letter that gets sent to the editor editor is about her bazongas. <laughs> <laughs> to quote the every letter. <laughs> she had uh yeah. I mean Bazong- they're not wrong. You can't sue them for slander. No. I well, like this match though. Yeah, I mean, you look at the people in it, it's only gonna be so bad. But it was good for what it was. I mean, it's a handicap match, it's a tag team match. They're they're building. So the previous month, obviously, the Royal Rumble, Brock Lesnar won that. Kurt Angle is a WWE champion. So they're building to Lesnar versus Angle, which will be the first time that they meet. And then you got Team Angle, who they're still building the tag team champions on SmackDown, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. And then you got Chris Benoit, who's another guy there that's up, upper mid card type guy. So a lot of uh, a lot of talent in this match. But the uh, the one major thing in this match that happens is this is when so Kurt Angle obviously he broke his neck in the Olympics or training for it or whatever the hell um but he re-injures it in this match I believe he gets whipped into the uh corner or something along those lines and then you if you watch it back you see his left arm go limp like he definitely fucks his neck up in this match and then they have the Wrestlemania match I think if I remember correctly they almost like called it off or changed it but uh, Kurt Angle got like a basically a band aid. I forget what the exact operation was, but it was like a quick thing to just get him through the match. And then I think he got like a legit operation later. But, um, but yeah, Kurt <laughs> fucks himself up in this match, but they still have a really good match. You got uh, Haas and Benjamin do their leapfrog double team. You got Brock Lesnar, his crazy hot tag, just throwing everybody around. But uh, Haas, Charlie Haas eventually taps out to Benoit as Kurt is getting that five. So you kind of still has, you still have a little sense of mystery as far as like what Kurt and Brock can do in a one-on-one scenario. But uh, Benoit and Brock come out on top. And yeah, I thought it was just a fun match. Yeah. A lot of fun. I think uh, you're seeing like the beginning of team angle and Haas and Benjamin would go on to have an awesome career in WWE and ring of honor. And everyone knows yeah. the pedigree of Kurt Angle and, and Benoit and Lesnar. And I really enjoyed the, uh, the back and forth with Benoit and Angle with cross face to ankle lock towards the end of the match. Uh, as much as you, you know, you see it every time they have a match, it never gets old. It's so crisp and fluid. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this match and I needed it after the last match. 
yeah, Benoit and Angle, they never missed. I mean, their their Royal Rumble match, which I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, I mean that's among some of my one of my favorite matches of all time. Just it, it absolutely holds up to the, today's standards as well. Just awesome stuff from those guys all the time. Um, but <laughs> well, if you're enjoying the good wrestling, well, I have I have bad news for you, pal. <laughs> that's about over in the show. We got. The world heavyweight title on the line. We got Triple H, the champion, defending against Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. And uh, like I mentioned before, Evolution just started a few weeks before this. So you got that element. I mean, those guys are all throughout this match. I don't I feel like Scott is just broken down at this point. I don't know. I mean, what, what did you what did you make of this contest? I, I did not enjoy this at all. Uh-huh. Um, I, I still don't understand. I don't, it's 2003, right? What, they bring him in in, in 2002? Yeah, towards the end of 2002, yep. Yeah, so I, I, clearly he lets his contract run out, right? Because he's a WCW guy. He comes in in December of 2002, like... He's fucking beat up. He's bigger than he's ever been. His body's been put through the fucking ringer, and somehow he is in. He, he main events. He's in the title match at Royal Rumble and here. Yeah, and he's just not. Look, I love me some Steiner brother Scott Steiner, and you could even make make a case for the beginning of Big Papa Pump. But at this point, he is he he is he just looks like every move he makes it hurts. He looks clunky. He looks uncomfortable. This is not good, and I don't understand why I had to sit through this. I mean, I do because it was for the the show, but I, I don't know why this was a thing. Yeah, it's just a lot of mindless suplexes, really. There's no no really rhyme or reason for anything that's happening in this match. Um, and the whole like with Scott Steiner, his whole appeal at this point is his physique. But Triple H has a better physique at this point than Scott Steiner is. So Scott really. It, there's nothing he's really offering here. He, he kind of looks you're taking his one sh- attribute and you're kind of like diminishing it by putting him with Triple H, who's also a big jacked up dude. And Triple H moves better than Scott. Although, to be fair, I, I could be wrong. I think Scott might be injured at this point. Um, Triple H is also coming off an injury. So they're both kind of beaten up. So there's really there wasn't a lot of hope for this. But to your point, they had the match at Rumble wasn't particularly good. It wasn't. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good by any means. And it's like that in the, the rumble match kind of left it open for a rematch. But I don't know. Do it on Raw instead of the next pay-per-view. Whatever. Like, would you you I think you said Benoit Benoit Angle was at 03 Rumble 2, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you have rather seen a rematch of that than this hunk of shit? <laughs> I would say so. And it's fun because ultimately Triple H goes on to face Booker T at WrestleMania and they're already building to that because on raw i think it was the previous raw there was a tag team match it was scott steiner and booker t versus triple h and i believe batista and booker t got the pin on triple h so they're already like moving on from scott steiner before this match even occurs so there's like no effort towards this and it's like and scott i think just goes on to team with test or some stupid shit for the rest of his stint here but um 
I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, nothing really. I mean, anything in the match stick out to you? That yeah, there was nothing- I, I, I would like to know why Triple H has to stick his giant fucking nose in every situation. I know he was involved in the Montreal screw job where he does the shoving with Earl Hebner and mm-hmm. Earl like teases disqualifying him. That's like a fucking that's a fuck you to every single fan in Montreal because <laughs> they fucking hate her Earl Hebner to begin with because of the fucking screw right. job. And now they probably hate Triple H because he's a fucking jerk off scumbag heel. And now you put Earl in a situation where he has to he he teases like he's going to disqualify him. It just made the fans angry. It made me angry. Yeah, there's a lot of you screwed Brett chance at Earl during this match. Um, but it also kind of plays off their previous match at Rumble where I believe it ended in disqualification. So Triple H is trying to get the same result to retain his title. But Earl's like, nah, dog, you ain't doing that again. Um, but also, speaking of the chance, there's some Steiner sucks chance. There's some Goldberg chance. So people are already <laughs> tired of Steiner and looking for the next WCW guy. So, um, but at the end, Steiner locks in the recliner. And th- at this point, Flair, who's out there with Triple H, calls out Randy Orton, calls out Batista. But they both get shit canned. But this allows Triple H to hit Steiner with the title belt and then the pedigree and gets the one, two, three. So Triple H retains in a uh, barn burner of a contest, I thought. Did you? Did you think it was a fucking barn burner? Yeah, it made me want to go burn down a barn. Um, I, can't, I can't believe he got a run in fucking WWF in 2003. It was it's just bizarre how immediately he's put into the main event. Like, oh, I wasn't really watching WCW at, at all. But, you know, especially towards the end. I mean, was Steiner like a guy where it's like, oh, my God, he's the best in the world kind of thing. Like, I mean, I get it, he has big biceps, but what else does he offer at this no, point? And really? He was always in like those last dying months of WCW. He was always in the main event. I think him and Booker T had that last match on Nitro, too. For the WCW right. title, I guess so, man. I, look, I, I don't so. know. Like maybe he's a, he was a different, you know, because he was Big Papa Pump and he had his fucking freaks and he had fucking Medasia and. Mm-hmm. But uh, like at this point, it's like, like I get wanting to bring Goldberg in after his contract expires. I think Scott Steiner. I think, I think the Scott Steiner that you wanted to make a single star in 93 when you brought him in and wanted to break up the Steiner brothers is not that mm-hmm. Scott Steiner now. It's crazy how different they are. Because Steiner, Steiner brothers, Scott Steiner is among one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He's so good. They just, he goes to TNA and he does some bullshit over there and whatever, man. I'm good. Uh, I'm good. I'm almost set on the, uh, the Steiner here, but we, we get something a little better after that. We got the return of Stone Cold Steve Austin from uh, I guess it's been like what nine months or something. I forget how yeah, exactly he walked long, out. But... He walked out right before the King of the Ring, right? Yes, yes. Um, and he's facing Eric Bischoff here. So it's like, like of course I knew this match happened, but the buildup was kind of like okay, so Bischoff and Austin, like what's their beef? But then you remember. Eric Bischoff fired Stone Cold back in 95. So that's a big part of the story as well. You also have on Raw, 
because you know Steve Austin he's not appearing on Raw or anything. He doesn't show up until this show. So on Raw, the way they build this up is Eric Bischoff is really getting on the case of Jim Ross, who's a good friend of Stone Cold, to the point where Eric Bischoff and Jim Ross have a street fight on Raw. And uh, I briefly mentioned it before, but it ends with Bischoff kicking a cinder block on that's rested on top of JR's head. So that's what put him out up until this match, because Jim Ross comes out for this match. Yes. Um, and Bischoff in the buildup. Also, Bischoff went to Texas looking for Steve Austin and went to all of the bars that he frequents and then like broke a beer bottle over one of the patrons. They're they're creating something out of, you know, not a lot here. But that that being said, I thought this was fucking awesome for what it was with J- but with Jr. just about to pop a blood vessel. You oh, got okay. just just a good. It's a good old squash. Yeah. Anytime Jerry Lawler has to like, you can tell he like broke out. He was like, all right, relax. <laughs> Sit down, bro. Fucking t- Stone go. Stone go. Stone go. It's classic, man. Yeah, it's- man. Look, it was, it's, it's a pop every time that glass breaks and then he was gone for so long and he comes back and, and you know, this was yeah. all the inside wrestling fans wanted to see him beat the shit out of, you know, Bischoff because that was like a huge, um, and I don't know how often it was told at this point, because, you know, I, th- I think this is before all the fucking DVDs where he tells the story. But it's well known that, like, mm-hmm. you know, this is the guy that fucking essentially put your put your put your country, put your company under and you fucking fired yeah. him over FedEx because you didn't see anything good in him. No potential. Nobody's going to pay f- to see a guy in black trunks and black boots that Eric said. What a goose egg. But uh, yeah, Eric. <laughs> Eric Bischoff comes out in his stupid gi, his stupid big gloves. Like, they're not boxing gloves, but they're, like, almost. Like, they're just huge. He's, he grabs the mic, and he's like, hey, Steve, look, we can work this out like men. I'll forfeit. We'll, look, we'll get out of here. We'll take a powder. But then the glass breaks, and immediately you just, like... Because, like I said, I've been watching everything up to this point, and it was so clear, like, how much like on a different level stone cold was than anybody else in this company at this point. It was just awesome reaction. Uh, Steve comes out and it's just, I mean, it's not a match. I mean, it's grounded pound. You get the mud hole stomps. Eric Bischoff does get a little eye rake in and a pretty stiff kick, <laughs> but Steve uh, rubs that off a bit and then you know, beats him up on the outside a little bit. Stone cold stunner. One, two, Pulls his shoulder up. Oh, Bischoff kicked out. Don't be silly. Yeah, you're right. He's very the uh, the resilience on on EP here is something to be studied. Don't go your whole life being a karate man and just lose to one stunner. He's he's a black belt. You know, black belts in karate. You need a little bit more than one stunner. That's right. You do. Steve just helped. Stone Cold just helped him up. Right. Because it's sportsmanship. Exactly. He hasn't been around a while. He doesn't want to rub anyone the wrong way. He doesn't want to get any right. heat with anyone in the back. Doesn't want, you know, CM Punk to think he's going to shoot on him. So you pick, <laughs> you pick him up. You be nice right. about it. Play nice with each other, please. Yeah, yeah. So helps him up. They reset. And then a second Stone Cold Stunner. One, two. Kicks out again. My God. Oh, the, uh, the, full, God. the false finishes in this are... Uh, they're legendary. That fucking Vern Gagne training. He just he can't keep him down. 
when I was watching this, I was like, man, there's a lot of Vern Gagne influence on this. So, uh, and then a third stunner. And then that gets, by the way, these <laughs> Eric Bischoff takes a goddamn good stunner. Like yes, they looked vicious. That's why he's this never on like the, those, uh, those fucking highlight reels, bad stunners. <laughs> It's not like the goofy fucking Scott Hall bump or the rock doing backflips. It's just good. like legitimately breaks his neck. It looks like takes three of them. Stone Cold gets the win. Oh, yeah, JR's so. amped. Holy shit. Oh, Stone Cold is just love it. Loved it. And loved then it. they fucking try and they throw it over to 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 fucking Michael Cole and Taz and they can't stop fucking laughing. Well, JR is having a good time. Taz, hey, Jim Decaf. Having fun. Yeah, having fun. He was fucking embarrassing. Probably shit all over himself watching this, huh? At this point, yes, maybe. I got a question for you. Yo! So, uh, on the Shining Wizards, you recently did a, uh, a what if if uh, Shawn Michaels didn't uh, get injured. Yes, yes, yes. In yes, what, yes. 98 or whatever. Which poses, you know, in my head, at least. What if, because Steve Austin, I mean, they go, he goes on to WrestleMania, faces The Rock, and that's it for him. What, what if he stuck around? Like, what if maybe he didn't get injured earlier in his career? Because at this point, I mean, you have Hogan's in the company. You got Goldberg is there. Obviously, a Triple H is the world champion. Brock Lesnar. I feel like there's so many opportunities for a lot of dream matches, but they never happened. I mean, what do you, what do you think his direction would have been had he not retired after WrestleMania? I don't know. I I, th- I don't. So I think, I think one hand washes the other, right? If he still becomes the biggest star in the wrestling business, he still goes a hundred miles an hour every single time he's out there, every single day. Because mm-hmm. you, we learn later on, like his his the way he looked at the wrestling business was everybody is out to take his spot, you know. And they built that they built that on the Austin Rock feud. Uh, the first couple of WrestleManias and stuff, I, I, you know, I don't think it changes. I think he still fucking beats his body into the ground because he's yeah. so worried about losing his spot. You know, maybe you get, I don't know, maybe you get like another six months out of him. And if he doesn't have one of those neck surgeries, I, I really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Cause yeah, just the, the people that are there and the matches that never happened could have happened, but for his for his life's sake, obviously, is is the best that yeah, he did. Yeah, but like, do you want like? We're still at that area, the era with everyone and their egos, right? It clearly comes to the surface with HBK and Mike uh, and and Hogan at that SummerSlam match, right? Mm-hmm. Where Michaels right. just is just over being over selling the fuck because he because Hogan didn't want to lose to him or whatever that story is like. I don't know, man. Does it work? Like, I mean, like Goldberg versus Stone Cold. How do you how do you see that match going? I don't know. Goldberg is <laughs> dog shit, dude. Yeah, like, I, especially yeah. at this point, because they weren't doing the squash matches with Goldberg. They were trying to have like whole ass matches. And it right. wasn't good. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't see it going well, you know, unless there's some. It's weird because that on paper, I don't think it goes well, but it could be one of those things where they have great chemistry and they can just do a brawl, right? Yeah. Uh, like, does yeah. does Austin Hogan, what does that look like? <laughs> that There's no way that's anything resembling a good match. But 
I mean, Rock and Hogan one was good, but that's really just the crowd yes. ultimately. So yes. the the the, re, the crowd definitely makes the first meeting uh have the same res- you know be as important and amazing as it is. It's one of the most yeah. amazing wrestling spectacles you'll ever see. Clearly, we could tell here the old red and yellows and near in the end. Yeah, it's uh, well, not not as near to the end as it should be. But um, but yeah, so to your point, WrestleMania 18, you had NWO Hogan versus The Rock 2003. No way out. The main event, we got old red and yellow Hulk Hogan versus Hollywood Rock. Just uh, he's debuting this new theme. He has the new tattoo. He, he's been in the leather pants and leather vest get up. He's, uh, he's got a whole new persona about him. And this is, you know, a reaction to him getting booed at SummerSlam. He uh, he took some time off, came back around the Rumble time. And now we're here and uh, we got the rematch of Hogan and Rock here. And you can definitely see the effect a crowd has on a match because not that this crowd was dead, really. And it's also just a different dynamic. You got heel rock versus Hogan. So you got the rock doing the chicken shit stuff. And then obviously very heavy on the shenanigans towards the end. But uh, overall, yeah, I think if you're a fan of professional wrestling, right? Like, you know, you've got to there has to be a part of you. If you're in Montreal, if you're at the Bell Center, like you have to know, like they did it in 98. Right, the Survivor Series '98, a year two, they did the the the, the fucking stupid finish with Mankind and The Rock. Now we're finally yeah. back in the building. Vince McMahon is involved in this storyline. You have to have some uneasy feeling that we're going to screw the Hulkster here. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's always the play, but in my head, I think like Vince McMahon's a piece of shit and. And like, what better way to tell everybody in Montreal to go fuck themselves and to, you know, Bret Hart can kick rocks than to do something like this. Yeah. Um, look, for what it was, I didn't have a major. It's not a five star match. Um, you you do the best with what you have. Uh, the Rock's been gone a while. The Hulkster's fucking old as shit. Um, you know, I like the finish. I, I thought that was creative with the with the referee, and and obviously he ends up going on to become a a, a full time wrestler. So I thought that was fun. Sylvan Sylvan Grenier, the referee, who we've uh, we've never seen him ref. This is his first time refing a match. Just happens to be a main event of a pay per view. Uh, but he's Canadian, so you know that's why he's there. Yeah, sink or swim, Enough. big guy. I guess so. I guess so. But uh, yeah, I I had a feeling something was up when he stopped the Hulkster from using the chair on the rock outside. Yeah. So, I mean, the match is what it like leading up to the finish. There's not a whole lot going on. You have, like I said, the rocks, you know, he he doesn't want in. He's rattled. And then Hulk does his, you know, he hulks up the you, the big boot, all the stupid shit. I like how the rock mocked him during the one people's elbow. What did he do? He did like the Hogan poses. Well, didn't he like wear his bandana for like half yeah, the match? He did that too. It was pretty entertaining. <laughs> Whipped him with his belt too. It's good shit. Uh, and then Rock. So at the, towards the end, I guess the ref. No, he's the ref's there, but the Rock has a chair. 
He tries to hit Hogan, but Hogan takes the chair. And then the ref takes the chair from Hogan. The Rock hits a low blow. He hits the spine buster on Hulk Hogan. Two people's elbows. But Hogan kicks out. Amazingly, he hulks up. Oh, brother, what's she gonna do? Hits the big boot. Hits the leg, brother. And then the lights go out. Ah. Oh. And then they come on. And then Sabu's in the middle of the ring. No, it's the ref's down. There's a chair in the ring, I guess. Uh, Vince McMahon comes out. And then as Hogan is looking at Vince, because Hogan and Vince have been going at it for the weeks leading up to this, the ref, who was supposedly knocked out, slides the rock the chair. Rock hits Hogan with the chair, hits the rock bottom, gets the one, two, three. And by God, a screw job in Montreal. Never heard of it. Terrible. Never heard of it. Terrible. This wasn't the first. This wasn't the last time they did something like this in Montreal either. They, they couldn't help themselves. Um, but yeah, so, so closing shots of this show is Rock, Vince McMahon and Sylvan. Just a bunch of slimy dirt balls heading towards the back. Rock and Sylvan, they head to the back. But Vince, oh, goddamn pal, Vince isn't done. He goes back to the ring. He takes off his button up and reveals a Hogan t-shirt. with. Uh, so on the front, it says, what you gonna do? And Vince has the word nothing across it. And then the back of the shirt says brother. And Vince adds sucks. That's fun. Then Vince poses with the shirt. He does the ear thing. He fucking rips the show. Oh, it's such good shit, pal. It's such good shit. Great way to end the show, I thought. It was interesting. I'll, t- I'll leave it at that. I mean, the physique on this Vince McMahon, though. Oh, he yeah. looked like Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. Him and the Hulkster just stare at sharing needles, brother. <laughs> it's all natty, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Is it? Is it all natty? A lot of... Bl- a lot of creatine and chicken breast from this fence, I think. Yeah. No, and Ico Pro. Yeah. Yeah. You got never wa- steer you wrong. Want it. What's that? You gotta want it. Is that what Lex Luger said in the commercial? I think that was the I think that was the catcher. I'm watching a lot of nineteen ninety-three WWF for a, a Patreon project mm. I'm doing, so man. Yeah, it's what a time to be alive. The Hulk Hogan Vince McMahon feud continues in two thousand and three. I'm gonna tell you what though, that WrestleMania match, it's incredible. Is that it's, the one? Is it? Is it just Hogan versus Vince, or is Shane involved too? Shane might be in there somewhere. It's it's definitely just a one on one match. This is when Roddy Piper interferes. Uh, Shane probably pokes up at some point. No, yeah, I think Shane does pop into that match. No, no, we'll see. Ah, yes. Okay. I'll keep you abreast of the what happens yeah, in that please match. Please do that. But uh, yeah, man, so that's that's no way out. Two thousand three. Any any other overall thoughts on this show that you uh, had watched for the first time? I think um, overall it was a good show. I think I think WWE does a good job of. So I wasn't watching. So the the packages beforehand, they pretty they've always done a good job of catching you up as to what has been going on. And even if you take out the yeah. big the big money matches, I thought the three on two match um, and the uh, the opening match uh, and the tag match, you know, even though I wasn't a big fan of the tag match with the finish and stuff, I thought it was mm-hmm. a solid card. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely with the uh, the star power, it was probably one of the most star studded match era cards of the of this era, at least. But uh, there were there were some few there were some shining moments in this show. But speaking of shining, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Smooth as silk, the shining wizards. My God, wrestling podcast. Where can everybody find you, listen to you, and uh, kiss you on the cheek? Uh, you can throw shining wizards wrestling podcast into any search. Uh, bar on wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll pop up. We are available everywhere at wizards podcast is our social media handle. Uh, so make sure you give that a follow and you uh, like, and subscribe to all our shit. So you never miss an episode. Roy's doing some kind of crazy, ridiculous shit. Yeah. I mean, Hey, we made it through a whole episode without you sending me a picture of somebody's gaping asshole. So I think it's a win, right? For who? Do you have any more assholes like in your Rolodex? No, that's just that's the old that's like the world famous Brian Knobs butthole picture. So, yeah, it's nice. I was uh, I was glad to be reminded of it when I messaged you about this show. So thank you for that. Hey, no problem, buddy. I send it to everybody I, I like. So no, I appreciate it. Well, you well know, caring. Sharing is caring. Is it? Yeah. Is that how he is that how he got that gaping asshole? Because he shared it with everybody? No, I just think that's that's Brian Knobs butthole, man. I don't know how he got it. Some people are born yeah. with a big butthole. Some people have a big nose. He has a big butthole. Once again, thank you to Matty Boy. For, I don't know. For joining me on this episode. Uh, go check out the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as YouTube, Twitch, Omegle, Grinder, all of your usual suspects. Sweet boys, very, very, very entertaining podcast. Do it. Just stop, stop being a little bitch. Just go do it. Um, while you're at it, follow me on all, all the social medias at Apron Bump on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok. All of it. All just just type, just Google Apron Bump and just hit subscribe to whatever pops up. I'm in places that I didn't even know I was, to be honest. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think with that, I think that's about all Daddy has for you today. Um, yeah, no, no way out of this one, huh? What? Um, no way out. Well, there is one way out, and that's, um. Bye. I'm hard. Yeah. It's a hard is. Talk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you what hard is. Send you strong and proud of it. And I guess this gets started. It's the hardest. Talk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you what hard is.